0: Welcome to the Holistic Baby and Toddler Sleep Podcast. I'm your host, Georgina Winderbank, a qualified naturopath, a holistic sleep consultant, a mother to a little boy, and I have been pregnant four times. At the Holistic Sleep Project and through my membership, the Sleep Collective, I have helped countless families locally and internationally resolve their sleep issues which affect not just babies and toddlers, but the entire family unit and how smoothly it functions. My approach is unique as it is completely holistic Just like the naturopathic philosophy, naturopathy and holistic sleep together create a deeper understanding between the philosophy of sleep and its relationship to other crucial parts of child development. In this podcast, you will learn plenty of solutions and gain an abundance of knowledge so you can confidently tackle any sleep challenge that comes your way. These discussions will address child sleep as well as nutrition, emotional well-being, resilience and experiencing family loss and trauma. This is an informative, thought provoking podcast about pregnancy, parenting, and of course, sleep. I am so glad you're here as we navigate together one of the toughest jobs in the world and reduce sleep deprivation in the process. Let's get started. Welcome to the Holistic Baby and Toddler Sleep Podcast. I am so glad that you're here for another amazing, exciting year at the Holistic Sleep Project for 2024. We have had a huge few years of growth and starting a podcast, starting a membership, rebuilding the website, getting international guests on the podcast. There are so many things that have happened, not to mention helping all my beautiful one-on-one families that I do day in and day out. So it's going to be another epic year here. This time we are kicking off the year with a really common sleep issue, as I love to address when I do my podcast episodes on my own. This one is all about bedtime battles. How to say goodbye to bedtime battles and create smoother bedtimes with your child. So along with things like night waking or early rising, catnapping, those kind of things. This is another really common challenge that families of both babies and toddlers come across. So I would say this is a really common one that comes in conjunction with some of those other ones that I've mentioned. When it comes to bedtime battles, the comments that parents say to me are things like, my child fights sleep at bedtime. It takes us hours to get our baby or toddler to sleep at bedtime. We try this and we try that at bedtime to make them go to sleep, but it takes ages they talk about that their child may not want the other parent or the father to put them to bed, so it's all left to the second parent or the mama. I feel useless or shameful that I can't get my own child to bed at bedtime is another one that I commonly hear. Also parents report that because it takes so long to get their baby or toddler to bed, that there is another child in another room waiting for them to come to them to assist them to sleep or to spend time with them. And parents feel really guilty about this. They say that they're missing out on quality time, particularly with older children, because they're spending ages and struggling to put their younger child to bed. They commonly report that it takes away time from their partner because it's taking so long to get their little one to sleep that they end up lying with them, or near their bed, beside their cot, or sometimes they end up staying the whole night in their child's room. So they miss out on time with their partner. They're often feeling anxiety as bedtime nears because they're wondering, is this going to happen again? Are we going to do this whole cycle at bedtime again? The list of these kind of comments goes on and on. And you might be one of these mamas who's experiencing some of these things. And you might be experiencing some of the emotions that I've mentioned, like guilt, shame, frustration, and not to mention exhaustion. So I want you to know you are not alone. This is so incredibly common. And those kind of Challenges about leaving a child in another room while they're trying to have their baby settle, the tag-teaming that's going on between parents, the anxiety leading into bedtime, the frustration, missing out on time with their partners. This is all things that I hear on a daily basis. I hear all of these things and there are emotions that are coming up for parents just like you as they do this nightly dance at bedtime. I call it the dance as they try all of the things in hope that their child will get to sleep quickly this time. So on today's podcast episode, we're going to take out more of the guesswork at bedtime and we're going to talk about strategy and we're going to I'm going to give you more knowledge about why this happens because it is not about your child being difficult. It is not about your child necessarily being stubborn. There are things that are off either at bedtime but more importantly through the entire day or through their whole sleep picture that is contributing to having these bedtime battles. Sometimes parents think that it is one thing, just one thing that is going to solve this bedtime battle and I'm telling you it is absolutely 100% the case that it's usually many, many factors that are contributing and it is not about your child being difficult that is for sure. It, we have to set up things biologically and environmentally to be perfect so that sleep comes easily and we don't get these bedtime battles which are so difficult for parents and for our little ones as well. So the first element to working out this equation which will is bedtime battles is working out the why. So, if you're anything like me, I want to know why things are happening so I can then go and work out the how of how to fix it, or I'll go and seek support to how for the how to fix it. But I want to know the why. So, it's really important that we figure out why your child is resisting bedtime and why it is so difficult for your family at this time. So one of the elements to this is around the things that happen through the day and how this leads into bedtime. Our days very much affect our night sleep and our days very much affect how and if our child settles really well at bedtime. So in terms of fatigue and tiredness, if your child is overtired from not having enough day sleep and also not having it distributed adequately through the day, according to their age and whatever routine is optimal for their age, then if they're overtired, they're probably going to have a rise in cortisol. So their body is actually going to be more difficult to get to sleep because of this onslaught of cortisol. It kind of feels like sleep gets further and further away the more tired they get. And that is because they have produced an abundance of cortisol, which makes this the case. So one of the reasons why bedtime is so difficult for little ones is about being overtired. And this is very common when it comes to newborns. They are very overstimulated, very overtired. And by the time they get to that witching hour and then leading into bedtime, it can be really, really difficult to settle them. Another reason why bedtime might be turning into a battle for your family and you and your child is because they are wanting more connection. They are missing you. In a lot of cases and a lot of families that I work with, a huge proportion of the families I work with have their little ones at childcare. Now, if you think about that day, that's a huge day that they are away from you.
1: Then they come home
0: from childcare and there's a little bit of time to connect, be it one hour or two hours. All the while you are doing dinner prep, bath, you might have another child or children in the house. There is not that much time for really intentional one-on-one time. And then we're expecting them to go to sleep in their room on their own for another big portion of the night. So these are two big portions of the day that they are going to be away from us. And really, babies and children are connected to their parents. They need this connection and they miss us. And that is totally age appropriate and understandable. So resisting bedtime can often be because they just want more time with us. They want to connect with us. That is a really big reason for bedtime battles. Another reason on the same line of thinking is around comfortability in their sleep space. So if you've got a child who is at home or they might be at childcare and they're having naps at many different locations, maybe there are at some childcare, maybe there's in a pram or a carrier at some stages, maybe they're having naps on your bed with you at some stage. And then all of a sudden we expect them to sleep in their bed at night in their cot or their bigger bed if they're three years and above and they're not really used to it they haven't spent a lot of time there or they've had a lot of other naps in other locations and then all of a sudden they're expecting to do the biggest portion of sleep in the dark in their own bed in a totally different space. So you really need a strategy around increasing comfortability here. Another really big reasons why bedtime battles might be occurring is how your child gets to sleep. If they are fed or rocked or held, or sat with, or something like that, something really dependent that they have to get to sleep, someone or something, then this can become a bit problematic down the track. When they're a young baby, these things all really work. And for a lot of people, maybe an older baby, they really work, and they're really effective, and they go to sleep really quickly. But for a variety of reasons, particularly around developmental reasons, These things and these ways that you're getting your little one to sleep may actually stop working. And what I mean by stop working is that it takes longer and longer to get them to sleep. And perhaps they don't stay asleep for very long and they wake up soon after. So there are many reasons, many ways that this can present itself is that it doesn't happen quickly like it used to. It doesn't happen at all, and you end up having to resort to many other tactics, or they do go to sleep, but they wake up soon after. I mean, and there can be other reasons for that as well. So in conjunction with this element of how they get to sleep, you usually have other reasons for bedtime battles, like overtiredness, as we talked about as the first reason, overstimulation, lack of consistency at bedtime, all combined with the fact that how they get to sleep is no longer as effective as it was. Perhaps another reason, as combined with this as well, is that you haven't adjusted their sleep needs. So if you're expecting them to go to bed at the same time as they were three months ago, six months ago, whatever it may be, even though they are now older, If you're expecting to go to sleep at the same time, you may not have just adjusted their sleep needs. And in fact, they could actually be under tired. So you're pressing and you're pressing and you're trying to get them to sleep, but maybe they just aren't tired enough. So you those two things are related and all of these things are related. That thing about the reason about being under tired is very common in toddlers. So they may have done a two-hour nap for a while and you put them to bed at 7 o'clock and that was working, and now they're resisting that 7 o'clock bedtime. That could be because they actually need less day sleep. But it could also be because perhaps you were feeding to sleep and that was working, but they're more more—they're older now, they're more aware, they are more distracted with feeding. There are a lot of reasons and they are all very much connected. Another really core reason as to why you might be getting difficulty with your little ones settling at bedtime is inconsistency, another epic contributing factor when it comes to bedtime battles of any age. It is really common that families that I work with are exhausted and desperate and feeling frustrated, so they do what I call the dance where they try all the things to get their child to sleep. So they might start out by rocking, but after a while this isn't working. So they call their partner for a bottle or they start to breastfeed. This doesn't work and they're still wide awake. So the parent starts again with another feed to see if they can get them back to sleep or back to drowsy. This time they get them to drowsy and they edge them towards the cot. And just as they're about to lower them into the cot, boom, they wake up. So they pick them back up replace their dummy, go back to rocking and padding, but this isn't working. So they end up passing their child over to their partner and they take over and so it goes. This might sound really familiar to you if you have a baby. Equally with older children, you might start to put them down, but they start to scream and cry. They might throw their dummies or comforter out of the cot. After a period of time, you can't take it anymore. So you go in and lay them down, you replace their dummy and you sit with them. But they're standing up they're jumping up and down on the cot mattress so you pick them up you take them out of the room you offer some water you restart you go back to the room but it goes back to what they were doing with the jumping and the standing and the crying and the screaming so you tag team with your partner you leave the room and go to the other end of the house put your head in your hands and listen to the whole thing happening over and over this is such a common scenario these are examples of what can happen every single night for families. And this might be happening in your house as well. For the bad time battles that you're experiencing, you might have tried heaps of stuff. You might have tried swaddling your baby in many different wraps. You might have tried different tog bags. You might have tried white noise, not having white noise, lullabies, different comforters, Leaving the room, staying in the room, rocking, not rocking, trying to get them to sleep on the couch and then transferring them, putting them in the cot and patting them, co-sleeping, all the things that you can possibly think of and your friend that told you about what worked for them that you, so you try, you have tried it all because bedtimes are such a battle. But this kind of inconsistency, which is very, very common in the one-on-one clients I have, this form of inconsistency actually creates two things. Firstly, it's very confusing for the child to have this kind of process where there's so many different variables chopping and changing, it's very confusing. What we want is a really consistent wind-down routine that has the same elements each time so that there is no confusion and it's a really streamlined process. And the other thing that could be happening is that they could actually be getting overstimulated. If you can imagine that you were trying to get to sleep and someone kept coming into your room and one minute they were patting you, the next minute they were rocking you, the next minute they were handing you to someone else so they could try and get you to sleep, that would really be overstimulating and kind of frustrating, I suppose, in a way. So that sort of inconsistency can really be overstimulating for babies and toddlers equally. And this can actually push further sleep even further away than we want it to be. So as mentioned, some of the contributing factors to your bedtime battles I think could be some of these. I bet you there's more than one of these going on. But the ones that we've discussed so far are needing more connection for the child to want more connection with their parents, Being overtired, and I should say that every time a child is overtired, usually they're going to require more intervention to get to sleep. So if you have a beautifully well-rested child, you're not going to need to intervene as much or it might be a really smooth process. If you have an overtired child, they're going to need more intervention to get to sleep than if they were adequately rested. Your child also might be fighting bedtime because they're actually under-tired. Perhaps there hasn't been any acclimatisation to their sleep space. Perhaps there is a lot of inconsistency going on. Perhaps the sleep associations that were effective in the past are no longer working. Or perhaps the overstimulation from you, although you're doing everything that you think that you should and you're trying everything and doing the best that you can, that parental influence might actually be overstimulating for your child. So now you can identify some or all of these contributing factors to your bedtime battles with your baby or toddlers. Now, what can you do about these? This is where the strategy comes in. And if you've been following me for a while on Instagram, and if you're not, Run over to Instagram and absolutely follow me because there is so much information and sleep tips and tricks there. If you've been following me for a while, you'll know that everything I do is about strategy. And obviously, as a holistic sleep consultant, a qualified naturopath, I'm really focused on all the elements that make up to solving a particular sleep issue. So it won't usually be one element, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, that will fix your bedtime battles, it will be multiple. So I'm interested in addressing any sleep challenge from all the possible angles, because it is all related. So when it comes to strategy, If we're looking to combat under or overtired, you need to work out the best awake times for your child and ensure that they are getting the correct amount of sleep for them as an individual. You need them adequately rested so sleep comes easily at bedtime. In terms of connection, well, that's a really easy fix. You want to make sure that you're having some really quality, not necessarily big blocks of time, if that's not possible with childcare on childcare days but some really quality one-on-one time where you're really eyeballing them and doing something they absolutely love to do with you, preferably laughter involved in that as well. So smaller amount of times more frequently through the day is key. You want to make sure that they feel comfortable in their sleep space and you want to make sure when we're talking about overstimulation, sleep associations and inconsistency, they all can really be bundled together. So you need a plan or a strategy which is going to give you a calm bedtime. In terms of consistency you need the same structure, the same pattern every night of elements that occur in the same order so that your child knows that sleep is coming. This is so that they wind down adequately, it's so that they aren't anxious about what is coming next, it's So that sleeps come easily, the nervous system is is nice and relaxed and they know what is coming next so there's no guesswork and high anxiety coming their way. And you also want to think about if the way that you're helping your child get to sleep is no longer effective or it's taking longer and longer, it might be worth moving to another strategy. So if you were feeding to sleep every time and, as I mentioned before, that actually isn't working at all or it's taking longer and longer or it's really stressful or you're having to try many different tactics and chop and change, maybe you then need to move to rocking to sleep and do that consistency consistently. If you were rocking to sleep and that's not working or you want to start moving away from that, maybe you will just hold them and pat them to sleep while you're holding them and so on. And you'll move down the cascade like that. If you have a toddler and you were laying with them every night, you might slowly start to back out of the room to the point that they're on their own comfortably and get to sleep really beautifully and smoothly. When it comes to overstimulation from parents, it's really important to create a plan and stick to it. Each baby or child reacts to certain supportive measures in different ways. For example, my little guy was really hard to pat to sleep. I found that that kind of touch really overstimulated him and he would go to zero to 100 very quickly. So I was more inclined to work towards independent sleep where he'd sleep on the cot surface himself and I wasn't necessarily touching him. But you need to work out your child's preferences and what is working, stick with it in order to get progress. So there you have it, the main reasons as to why bedtime is so hard for many parents, why you might be struggling so much, and some really clear guidelines and strategies as to how you're going to improve your bedtime battles. And if you feel like you've tried a lot of different things, a lot of different strategies, and things are just not improving for you at bedtime, it might be time for someone else to give you a clear strategy. So as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I like to know why things happen, but then I don't necessarily know the how. If it's another profession, another problem, something else going on with my little one and I don't know the answer, I'm going to go to a professional to help me figure out the how of how to fix it. So you might be in that position at this point. I work with families every day who struggle with settling their baby or toddler at bedtime and they can't be consistent because they're confused about what is working or what is not working. They are so tired and frustrated. We can't expect ourselves to know how to settle our babies or toddlers because we've never had a baby or toddler or perhaps we have had other children but they didn't act like this or they didn't behave this way at bedtime when we did it. They easily went down but now you've got another child in the mix so you can't be completely devoted to the second or the third child or perhaps you're back at work so your tolerance is less. There are so many factors as to why we can't expect ourselves to know how to do this if we weren't taught how to do this. I remember with my son and I, he was a newborn and everything was going really smoothly until he was about two weeks old and then from two to four weeks old, Oh, my goodness. I've spoken about this before on the podcast. It was so incredibly hard to settle him at bedtime. We were doing all the things that we knew how to do. We were trying a massage. We were trying a bath. We were trying a feed. And I remember calling my private midwife who was also she knew a little bit about sleep and she'd helped me throughout my birth. And she said to me, if you're doing all of that and that is not working, there is something wrong. You know, your baby's not acting the way that every other baby should. And I just felt like such a failure. I thought, I'm doing all of those things. And if she's telling me that she can't help me and my baby's not settling, oh, then I don't know what to do. I just felt so helpless. So that is when I started to look towards more independent sleep and as what I could do to set in foundations I reached out to a friend of mine who at the time had three children and she ended up having four children and she really helped me turn things around at just five weeks of age to the point that with the foundations in place, not allowing him to get overtired, setting up the room to be optimal, getting into more of a routine with feeding and sleep and so many other things, he organically slept through at nine weeks old. So I know exactly what it is like when you are helpless and you are chopping and changing and trying everything and people are saying, well, that works for me and it's not working for you. I have been there 100% and it is a horrible, horrible, helpless feeling. My work now is about creating clarity and objectivity that you may not have right now and I definitely didn't have when my little guy was four weeks old. I use my experience and my intuition and also the information that you give me if we work together as my eyes and my ears to create a great plan, a secure watertight plan to ensure your bedtime battles are a thing of the past and that your bedtimes are smooth, easy and enjoyable. If you have smooth bedtimes with your child or children, you will have more time for your other children. You'll have more time for the older kids as well. You'll have more time with your partner. You won't be struggling with emotions like frustration, anxiety, confusion, and of course, exhaustion. You can leave the house and go out to dinner with a friend or go to the gym if someone else can do bedtime and it's not all on you. You will have a well-rested child, which will be so much easier to parent than a tired one. Trust me, your child won't be irritable and tired and it will make things easier for both you and them. And you'll have flexibility, which will just be amazing. So, some ways that you can move forward from here here is there's a bedtime battle guide, free guide, that gives you even more information about what we've talked today on the podcast. New information, more information, and it also gives you a sample routine about how to run your day. Because I touched on it earlier, but the way that you run your day is going to 100% affect how your child settles at bedtime. It's not just about what happens in that one hour or half an hour before bedtime. It is about from the moment you wake up, how the day flows in every sense of the word. So I'm going to put the link to get the bedtime battles guide in the show notes. And if you want to chat specifically about your situation and tell me about what you have done to date to try and fix your bedtime battles but they're not working and you you might be feeling some of the things I've mentioned today, and then I can share with you my professional opinion as to why you are experiencing such difficulty at bedtime and what needs to happen in order to have a smoother bedtime, bring on sleep quicker, which will improve most likely your whole night as well. I can explain how I can help you and the best way to start this is by booking a discovery call. So I will also put that link in the show notes for you so you can have someone to speak to, be heard, which is really important, validate the feelings that you're probably feeling right now and then give you a solution. It's been such a pleasure having you here today. I hope this helps you in terms of getting smoother bedtimes. And until then, happy sleeping. If you enjoyed this episode, learned something or felt moved by a topic that was discussed, please share it with another parent who you think would enjoy this episode. Also, don't forget to leave a review on the platform where you listen to this podcast so more families can be empowered about their child's sleep. Make sure to follow me on Instagram so you can get more sleep tips that will help you improve your child's sleep today. And head to my website if you would like to work one-on-one with me. Until next time, happy sleeping.